Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Cleverly for sharing up. The Bermatov. And Defoe all the way. Hello there guys and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs where therapy is firmly on the way. Joining myself and Jason in the next hour to dissect the game against Burnley and to look ahead to Chelsea. We're delighted to be handing out two debuts for The Last Word on Spurs. First up we've got actor mostly in Jim Howick. Joining Jim we also have Stacey who's a season ticket holder. And, of course, we've got the brilliant Ashley Watts returning to the show. Jace, let's come around to you to start proceedings for this show. So, let's be honest, a really poor performance, particularly defensively, which no one can really excuse. Pochettino, Jace, before the game, did warn the Spurs side of the potential for a costly slip-up against a Burnley team who were unbeaten the previous seven league matches before the game. He urged the players to make it a decisive day in the title race. Therefore, Jason, was you surprised by that performance at Turf Moor? Yes and no, in a way. I just always feel like, I said it a couple of weeks ago, didn't I? I think it was a Newcastle game as a Saturday lunchtime, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? And I just find Saturday lunchtime games just dull. It doesn't matter if it's Tottenham involved. It could be any sides. I just don't think, you know, the crowd never quite seems up for it and... Players seem to, to struggle with it despite, you know, the amount of preparation and despite the urgency of the fixture. I, I've, I can't ever remember seeing a really good Saturday lunchtime 12.30 kickoff between any sides. And it was it was just a, the typical type of game I expected. And we needed to be a lot better than we were. Far too many players nowhere near their best and uh, it all culminated in a, in a very disappointing defeat. Stace, your first show. We're delighted to have you here. Debutant of ours, along with Jim, for this one. Dortmund aside, do you think it's fair to say, Stace, that you know Spurs haven't really been at their best in the last four league games? You know, bearing in mind we did get three late winners. It was you know a true show of character to get those late winners. But the level of performance that we've been showing in those last four league games, some may feel that it was going to be unsustainable in the Premier League if we are to really mount a serious challenge therefore we knew before the game the pressure being on us to kind of step up a gear 
and get that result against Burnley, you know, was going to be very high, but we just couldn't seem to do it on the day. Was that down to Burnley as well? Yeah, they they, they were always going to be uh, a tough, tough team. They, they work extremely hard. They did on, on Saturday. They, they hustled them, hustled us, you know, around the pitch. And um, they, they just played to their strengths, you know. They, they lumping the ball up to Chris Woods and uh, Barnsley up front from, from goal kicks all the time, putting us under pressure. Um that was always going to happen with him, and it, I'm just a bit surprised. Um, Sanchez would have been better for that 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 kind of situation with the balls getting lumped up 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 top. Really, thinking about Toby and his header in, which uh, Jay's touched on a while back. So yeah, I was a bit a, a bit surprised, but you know you have to deal with it and you have to settle into the game and and, and try and help uh, young Foyth because he he got picked on a bit during the game, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, going back, we have we have huffed and puffed through Leicester. Um, you know that they, they had loads of chances against us. I don't remember a team having so many chances against us, really. Um, Watford as well, and obviously, it, you know they had done it right. You know from that corner, uh, we didn't we didn't mark and we didn't pick up Woodsy. He was you know he's a big danger from any set piece. According to Football London, Sanchez and Trippier were left out of the squad for the Burnley match as Pochettino wanted to rotate the team so that they would have a rested team for the Chelsea, Arsenal and Dortmund games, which are obviously coming up. But Jim, let's bring you in. Another debutant for the show. Welcome. Now, Thanks, Ricky. No problem at all. Pochettino knew this was going to be an acid test, didn't he? He knew it was going to be a real kind of strength character to see where this team was at we may not now get another opportunity to close the gap on the top two I mean like Jace kind of alluded to at the beginning there there was a lot of below par performances what do you put that down to for you Jim well look I mean I was surprised that Kane was starting I really was I mean I'm not saying that it's it's down to him at all really what I'm saying is is that I was surprised he didn't go with the team that beat Dortmund the week before you know even if that means playing Vuitton on the on the left I think the, the you know the best thing about losing, if there is a, a best thing about losing, is that you get to address the weaknesses in the team and uh, you get to sit up and uh, and realise that you know perhaps we don't know who our best fullbacks are. Mm. I would have played Jan on the left, maybe give Harry Kane at half an hour uh, in the second half, and um, you know allow Son to do what he's been doing so well the last couple of weeks. You know I'm not saying obviously it's a positive thing having Kane back, of course, but I just I just felt like we just we just didn't get out of first gear and. You know, we can usually manage when a couple of players are playing under par, but it was just a bad day for everyone, really. Yeah, I think that's more than fair, Jim. And listen, we've had so many questions and we're going to read through them soon. But Ash, I want to get your thoughts because, you know, back to what Jim said there about team selection, you know, you would feel Pochettino could have hardly done more to motivate his side going into that one to ensure they didn't set the game lightly. We've heard a lot of how he dressed it up beforehand, being a decisive day. But his decision to pick fourth over Sanchez against such a physical front line, you can maybe say it looked questionable, especially when Wood beat the young Argentine in the air to score the opener. But Pochettino's substitutions, in all honesty, didn't have the impact that we would have desired. What did you make of the team selection? And back to what Jim's point there is, Ash, do you change your winning team? I don't really understand the need for the change. We had, what, 10 days rest in between the, the two games? So it wasn't like the players, the, the players he left out were tired or had played like three games in a week. Like they literally went away and had some time away, had some time to relax. So I, I didn't see any reason why that you wouldn't play a full strength team. Sanchez was was made to be picked for that game. I mean, it's the type of game he he like relishes. I I understand picking Foyth because he's been playing quite well, and maybe they they thought we'd dominated possession against Burnley, so therefore it'd be better to have Foyth probably better naturally with the ball than Sanchez. Um, but in terms of like leaving them out completely, I don't really understand that. Could have could have at least had them on the bench. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got, to, you've got to trust that Poch knows knows best and knows his team, team the best. And maybe there might have been injuries that they were struggling with or little knocks and he thought, oh, I've got adequate cover it's for Burnley because... At the end of the day, that out of those four games, that would that would be the one you'd think would be win, more winnable. So you might have thought he picked pit the team to win the game and thought it would be enough. But obviously, we didn't play well, and any team you pick, if they don't play well, then you're going to get beat. Yeah, but listen, we've got loads of questions in. So Ash, I want to stick with you to ask you the first question of the show. This is from Charles Thomas Zollers at Charlie Zollers, who says. 
is it a mentality issue that whenever we have a chance to make a huge impact in the title race, we lose? Question mark. I mean, you probably could say that looking at this year. I, I guess the, the three games that come to mind are probably Watford, when we were undefeated, won all our games, and then we had a chance to go to the top of the table and we lost to them. We then had well, that game against Wolves where if we won, we were putting pressure on the teams above us and we'd, we were on this five or six game winning streak and then we failed to win there. We had, And then we had today, well, Burnley, where if we won, we put pressure on Liverpool. They've got United away, so it's a great, great opportunity to close the gap. And again, we, we failed to do it. So from looking at those games in isolation, the ones you wouldn't necessarily think we'd lose... Yeah, pro- probably. I mean, the other three losses we've had this year, you could probably expect them against the teams we lost to, Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal. But those those three games in particular seem to all come at a point where it would have been ideal to win and push on. So it, you, you could say the, the team hasn't, hasn't actually won anything, so it could be a mentality shift where they don't really know how to manage those things. It might The occasion might get them. I don't know, really. I mean, you... Pochettino probably knows that better than us. I don't know. So, Jace, let me roll the dice round to you. This is from Mark at Pure Filth. Real question. And I, I, I struggle to understand questions like this sometimes. Is this as far as Pochettino can take us with his abilities? Question mark. We seem to get in contention but choke, mainly down to his team selections in certain games. We've won five on the bounce. Why would he change a winning team? I presume that the change the winning team, he looks at it and thinks we've got three games in seven days, two absolute massive derbies, which are high-octane derbies, and he thinks, you know, there's certain players that can't play in all three, and if you want to pick your strongest team in those other two, I presume that's what he does. Um, you know, we've had the, the problem, haven't we, in the past? What was the week when we had the, the three massive games that ended with the Arsenal away game, didn't it? We had... Was that Barcelona? We have a Champions League game followed by Chelsea on the Saturday, That's followed right. by Arsenal the following week, or, or was it one? Was it Chelsea then Barcelona then Arsenal or something like that? And we saw then that by the time that third game came around with a team that was well and truly up for it, we couldn't match that physicality. So I would imagine he's he picked the Burnley side with one eye on on the other two games this week, and um, you know. So, I don't like coming unstuck in any game, but let's be fair, if we all wrote down which one of those three is is the one that you'd probably think, right, well, if we lose one, we'll have to lose that one, probably is the Burnley game. But that's, don't don't misunderstand what I mean by that, because obviously you want to win every game. But I think that's probably what he's done. He's, he's just looked at, looked at the, the latter stage of this week. The danger is, of course, that you know, if you pick your strongest side with Burnley, you, you'd hope you'd win it. Whereas, let's be fair, the other two sides, even though I feel that we're a better side than both of them, both of those sides have got quality players like an Hazard, like an Albamiang or something that, that can hurt you. And you can dominate a game against those other sides and, and come unstuck, can't you, with a moment of brilliance. And we've just got to make sure that doesn't happen. Otherwise, you do look a fool, but then you, you suddenly think, well, why the hell did we... We, we risk a, a defeat at Burnley for two games that we've lost anyway. Stace, loads of questions as we discussed. I'm going to come and fire this one around to you. This is from Dave Ellis at fullback zero three. who says, simple question, guys. We've been on a good run, but playing very average. Personally, think we're lucky to be where we are. Occasionally, you lose a game. Why does everyone seem to lose all sense of perspective? <sighs> That's a good question from Dave. Uh, I, yeah... It's easy, isn't it? Because we 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 don't lose much. You could sense um, the crowd, you know, the Burnley crowd when that second goal went in. They they you know they could sense that they were going to beat us, and it was a big scalp for them. Um, this is this is where we've come. This is this is us as a club now. We we like Potch said it when people beat us, it's a big thing. Um, they they. I, I don't know really with that question to be quite honest with you. That's probably one for Jace to answer. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, this is where we are, isn't it? It's, um, I, I think going back to the Burnley game, I just I thought it would have been better, you know, against Chelsea, uh, you know, with their attackers rather than uh, you know playing with Chris Woods. I would have played Sanchez. I would have gone for focusing on beating Burnley and then taking Chelsea as the next game. That's that's what I would have done personally, you know. So 
but it's it's not happened, has it? Mm. You know, we've 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 come away, we've lost we've lost the points, and now uh, we've wanted a bit more pressure going into the game on Wednesday, even though they've had uh, you know the extra time against Man City on, on, on Sunday, I still think they'll be bang up for it and um, they'll do everything to, to you know, wreck our uh, chances of, of, of winning the league. And it'll be the same for Arsenal again on, on um, Saturday when, yeah. we, when we go to play them. They'll be desperate to take some points off of us and um, even if they you know take a draw, they'll take a draw, I think, Arsenal. And they were, they were poor against Southampton. Southampton had loads of chances and should have scored. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we, we can turn them over. Yeah, and big week ahead. Wednesday. Big week ahead, Stacey. Uh, I mean, massive week for the club. Yeah. I think, massive, I think massive. part of it as well with Foyth is he probably tried to second-guess Burnley and thought, you know, even though they're unbeaten, they may well get 10 men behind the ball and, and do like they did at Wembley, and in which case there won't be too much pressure on our back line. And Foyth bringing the ball out will be nice and comfortable. And, and you know, Burnley, Burnley perhaps were a little bit surprised at Foyth play. They were probably expecting to see a Sanchez. And when they did see Foyth, Probably Sean Dyche changed it then and, and started to think, right, we've, we've got to get at him. And maybe that gave them the boost and and, and that's what caused the, the problems for Foyth. But on, on uh, with the benefit of hindsight, then definitely Sanchez's physicality would have been a lot better. But, you know, like I say, sometimes you you, you pays your money, it takes your choice, don't you? And you, you never quite know what the opposition are going to do yourself. So he, he well, yeah, stuck with that selection. But I could... I could kind of see when the team came out, I didn't sit there and think, oh my God, Foyth is playing. That means Chris Wood's going to absolutely bully us. It's, you know, it's one of those things. They're always going to lump balls up and, you know, that that's that's something that um, you'd need a big tower and centre-half to win the medals, you know, and you could see it all shuffling around when the goal kick, whoever went, all the players went left, all the players went right for the goal kick, so we're never going short of anything. Everything was pumped up long. We had, we had like 70% of the possession and you could sense that. Obviously, we didn't do enough when we had the ball. No, I think that's fair. And Jim, Julian Humphrey comes yeah. in and says, did the 10-day break affect our performance? We did not look sharp or up for this absolutely crucial game. For me, the mentality of the team is once again questioned. Pochettino was clearly up for the game. Why weren't the majority of the team devastatingly disappointed for the supporters? Do you share his pain? Oh, yeah, I share his pain. Of course, I do. I mean, you know, as a, you know, as the chaps have said, we're not we, we're not used to losing that anymore. And that's a good thing. But it, I mean, I can't say I, I, I was glad. I mean, you know, I was glad that they had a 10 day break. You know, I mean, they've been through it. If anything, it's come a bit too late, really. Um, look, I mean, it's difficult to say. I mean, the fact that we've had so many key players missing for us, I think, has galvanised us as a team. I think, you know, the performances we put in second half for Dortmund and, and then second half against Leicester as well. Um, as kind of you know, we we we've we've, we've proved a point, um, a question about our squad, and uh, and look, you know, we've done very very well. I don't think that the ten days affected how we played. I think it was just maybe, it was uh, I don't know that the team was somehow unsettled. Um, Son was playing out of position, uh, or the position he played in on Saturday, where Harry Kane sets up. So I mean, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult. Difficult to answer, really, but yeah, whatever, whatever it was, we weren't we weren't in the right gear, that's for sure. No, and uh, Jim, your full time message you sent me, I was a bit worried you might be uh, bottling this one. Yeah, <laughs> well, look, I'm, I wrote down a number of notes, you know, because I didn't know what to expect with the show. But I mean, I've I've thrown them away now. I'm, oh, I'm not calm now. <laughs> But the thing is, is that, you know, it's just, I mean, it's the same, you know, for the second goal, for example, I mean, it's the same player in it. I mean, Aurier has come in and, and uh, I don't know. I mean, it, that, that nowhere ball, he played into the into play. He should have kicked it out. He should have allowed us to regroup, reorganise. You know, Burnley were on one. They had a couple of chances before and you know he didn't read the momentum of the game, and I think you know, and, and and I think that's that's happened a number of times really. And again, I say I think we've got a problem in that position. Yeah. You know, I can't, I, I don't see why Carl Walker Peters hasn't had more of a run out this season. I felt sorry for him being played out of position against Barcelona. I know he made that mistake, but you know, if, you know, I think he's I think he's done well when he's played for us this year. Look, it's a uh, my 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 point is I think that we've got a decent fullback who's waiting in the wings. He's not getting the time he deserves. It was a poor clearance from Aurier for sure, and with a bit, again with hindsight, you think you know the safety first thing is to put it put it out of play. But I suppose you know 
you know, the flip side of that is what was the time? It was what seventy-seven minutes or something like that. And you're mm. you, you're in a game that you're you're trying to win rather than just hang on for a point. Maybe you know if you go yeah, there, you 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 if maybe if you're one nil up, maybe you, you make the other decision and you do put it out for a throw. It's it's just you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I think, I, you know, I, I get that, but I mean, the momentum was but with with Burnley at that point oh, in yeah, the game. Absolutely. You know, they had a, no, they had no, a couple no. of chances, and and you should be able to read the game like that. I mean, yeah, I no, think that absolutely. it's uh, you know allow us to regroup. We've got a better team than them. Allow us yeah. to regroup, get into shape, and we and we should be able to do the job. A point, but yeah, I know what you mean. Listen, what we're going to do, chaps, we're going to discuss the aftermath for the game because there's such a huge amount of oh god, a lot of comment. A lot of what went on after that aftermath. We don't quite know what was said. And Ash, I brought this up to you before you came on the show. That Pochettino, he was furious with Mike Dean at the end. Was pointing at the referee up close. And then towards the cameramen near them. Jesus Perez was also doing a lot of finger pointing and got taken away. What did you make of that incident at the aftermath of the game? Because for me, Ash, it's definitely said to Pochettino, Mike Dean there, to set him off in the way he did. Yeah, I've, I've, I've never seen Poch react like that, so... Mike Dean must have said something that's really got to him. He's, he's he's such a calm character, even when we haven't played well or things have gone against us. He's always he's always the the calm one, the one to you know look on the positives and but to react like that in front like he, he knows the whole world's watched and he knows that what like the whole thing's going to be picked up. So, yeah. so sorry to interrupt. I was watching the match with a mate and he said it was like watching your dad get into a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like it's yeah, just so unexpected, you know. Yeah, so I I, I don't think we're ever going to find out exactly what was said, but um, I, I really hope the FA do. I, I've noticed that he's been withdrawn from the fourth official for the Chelsea game, which is obviously a sensible thing because if he, if he says something personal or something that's really rattled Poch, then it's just only going to cause problems if he if he's next to him in a couple of days' time, but. I don't think we'll ever find out what was actually said. I mean, Poch isn't one to splurt out what was said, but I can't imagine it was anything nice, and I wouldn't really expect anything less from that referee, to be honest, because ever since he was caught uh, celebrating an advantage for us one time, ever since then, I think he's gone completely the other way, and any 50-50s or any games that I've seen him involved, he's he's kind of favoured the other team, and I don't... I'm not just saying that because of this this one game. I, I felt that ever, ever since those videos emerged. And I, I don't think it's right that he referees our games because it's obviously had an effect on him. And he's one of those refs where he wants to make it all about himself. So he's, he's going to do that. Mm. I mean, Peter Francis agreed to you. This is from Fran Fran 5 who says, As for Mike Dean, he's a joke. Now, State, you was there live watching this unfold. Tell us what you thought, what was going on when you were there. Yeah, no, I, I stayed well, right to the end. Um, as I said, Harry came over with Hugo and then Ericsson came across. And I could see that Potch had gone up um, and said something to uh, Mike Dean. And then um, Jesus had just gone in front of him. And then you see Jesus turn around instantly, run back and start pointing his finger, pointing his finger. If you go, there's someone's uh, posted up, you can actually hear him. You can hear say, Jesus saying, you cannot say that, you cannot say that to Mike Dean. He's definitely 100% he said something that's made them obviously turn around. Mm. I, I think Potts probably said, moaned about the corner and it, it obviously ricocheting off their, their fella uh, and it should have been a goal kick, but that's none of the now, obviously. We should have defended it, but um, he's obviously said something and then that's triggered a reaction from Mike Dean and Mike Dean's definitely said something, no way. And that's, that's caused um, Jesus to go over and, and really give it to him. You know, obviously, saying you can't do that. You'll see it online. It's um, you've got a good audio of it, but they're 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 mic'd up the refs, aren't they? So you'll be able to find out what's been said. Yeah, I mean, the that's FA a good thing. That's a good thing, though, Stace. That the refs are mic'd up now, therefore they can pick up instantly what has been said. And I'd be interested to see what Mike Dina said because Pochettino, we know him, very calm man. You know, even in defeat, he's a man that takes it graciously. He's dignified. Therefore, Jason, on that basis, was you surprised by the way? Pochettino reacted, you know, in his post-match press conference, he kind of gave off a very different message to say, look, I take the responsibility, I, you know, I manage the team. 
his words we actually said was, it's weird, maybe the cables crossed in my brain at that moment where he had that aftermath incident with Mike Dean. It's the first time in 10 years I was always under control. But what happens on the pitch, I now need to find the reason we lost the game, not to find some excuse. Thoughts, Jace, on that incident after the game? Well, it was certainly unlike anything I've seen from Pochettino, other than perhaps the, the little running on the pitch when he confronted William at, at Chelsea. I've never really seen him confront anyone on the on the pitch. Um, so it was a surprise. And you know, we can all criticise Mike Dean's performance, which wasn't great. But you know, there, there'd been no ridiculous sending off. There'd been no silly penalty given or a, an absolute stonewall penalty that we should have had not given. There wasn't a goal that you know, where we'd had a goal disallowed, where where Mike Dean had made an absolute howler. It's, you know, it seemed to me an argument over a corner, which, which you know, from the TV cameras looks as though it should be a goal kick. But none of us have got Mike Dean's view. He's, he's on a much flatter thing, and was two people right on the byline with a ball ricocheting. I mean, you know, it, it, it didn't seem the type of decision that that would justify that that type of reaction from Poch. So. You know, it was a surprise, wasn't it? Because he's usually about the most dignified manager of, of all of them. And it wasn't good to see. I can understand if you if you have words in the um, in a dressing room afterwards or you go to the referee's room. But to see him march across the pitch and confront him was a surprise. And, you know, let's be fair, whatever Mike Dean said, obviously something has been said and they've reacted to that. But let's, let's not get away from the fact Potts was already confronting him before Mike Dean said something himself. Now, maybe he used the botanist tag or something. And, but, yeah, but like yeah. I said, if, if Pochettino doesn't go marching over in the first place, then Mike Dean doesn't say anything either. And it was just a... Yeah. It just kind yeah, of summed, it, summed the day up, didn't it? It wasn't good to see, but, you know, whether he gets a touchline bad for it, I hope he doesn't, because it, it would be the very first time. And how many times has Jurgen Klopp been up in front of the FA? I mean, he's charged on the pitch during a game and things. So, I mean, I sincerely hope not. That he, he doesn't get any punishment from it, but um, it certainly wasn't good to see, that's for sure. He, he didn't go over there to rant at Mike Dean, he just went over there to talk to him. He, he to say, not he didn't go over there pointing his fingers and no, 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 he just but went over there to talk to him and then he's just caused by criticizing him. him. Yeah, it is. It wasn't, I know, a, it wasn't a chat, I mean, there, there was definitely a Let's just say there was definitely a, a mini argument going on where he was obviously making his point to Mike Dean, um, and, and that's it. But you know, maybe part of that is the nature of, of the pitch at Burnley because it's like Fulham, isn't it? Where you, you know to go off the pitch, you've got to go onto the pitch type of thing. You know, most places you go straight down Correct. the tunnel, wouldn't you? And so maybe Correct. that that didn't help. There's, I think there's only Fulham and Burnley where where that that scenario comes into it. You come out the corner of the ground and you have to walk across the pitch. So that's the way that all the players, all the coaches went and you have to cross the path for the, yeah. of the referee. So, yeah, that's that's what happened. He just went to have a quick word with him and I've, he didn't like it, Mike Dean. And he said something out of tune. That's, if anyone's going to say it, it's going to be Mike Dean. Jim, whatever it is, Mike Dean is always involved in the centre of you know matches. It does seem to be this nature because just to go back to the incident that Podestino is furious about, Chris Wood got in behind Wan Foyf and headed home off the crossbar from a corner where Vertonghen was claiming beforehand that it shouldn't have been a corner in the first place. Now, upon review, you can see it should have been a goal kick. So, from your perspective, yeah. Jim, can you understand Pochettino's reaction to that incident? Yeah, I can. I mean, you know, we should have defended better, frankly. I mean, you know, we've had decisions go our way in the past. No, And, and as uh, the chap said, no one, no one can see it. You know, no one can see that. Mike Dean couldn't see it. The linesman couldn't see it. I can understand his frustration because Poch probably watched it sort of two minutes after or even before the corner was taken. So I can understand his frustration, but really he's just frustrated that he lost the game. I mean, you know, he's just, it means a lot to him. And perhaps we don't see that week in, week out. You know, he's such a cool, calm, dignified character. And, uh, and that's why we love him. I think it's one of the reasons. And, and uh, he just sort of let his guard down a little bit on, on Saturday. Um, and it was horrible to see. It almost made me more angry, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I think that look, you know, decisions go your way. Sometimes they don't, and and uh, we just had to defend it a bit better. You know, Foyth, Foyth uh, lost his man. 
and uh, he sort of came running sort of in between him and Toby and then they got there was a bit of a mix up and then he just mistimed his his jump I suppose but yeah you know we should have done better for the corner really I agree with no that. excuses just on that corner Ash you know Juan Foyth preferred to Sanchez the 21 year old you know he was beaten a couple of times on the right side in the first half and then lost out to Wood in the air for the opening goal he did carry the ball out and pass forward confidently but was substituted 14 minutes from time what did you make of his overall performance? Because I still think, for me, he's got a big future ahead of him. And the only way, really, as he's going to learn is through games. You don't want to see him make mistakes. But, Sanchez, should he have played this one? Yeah, well, in hindsight, we can always uh, pick apart of the course. team selection and think, oh, this player should have played. But, realistically, when you see the team, you, like instantly you'd be like, oh, what, where's Sanchez? Why isn't yep. he playing? He, he, he is... I would say he's the better player at the moment. He's more mature. He's played more games for us. Yeah. Um, and in a, a game, a game like Burnley, it was always going to be tough. They were always going to be pumping the ball forward. It wasn't going to be like playing a Bournemouth where they try and play football, we try and play football. Because in that type of game, Foyth would excel because he can bring the ball out from the back and everything. But against the teams like Burnley or I don't know Stoke from previous seasons, you you need to be tough and you need to be strong. And I guess he's he's. He's probably not at that stage yet. So, that, and and if you look at him, you'd probably think that's his weakness. Maybe is that he's, he is slightly smaller than the other centre backs we've got. He's he's not as tall. He's probably not as good in the air. So, Burnley would would have looked at that and thought, if if I'm Chris Wood or Ashley Barnes and I've I've seen that lineup, then obviously every time the ball ball comes to me, I'm going to be veering towards Foyth because I've got more chance of winning the header. Whereas if if Sanchez was in the team, he's probably playing in the middle, slightly further back, so he's probably not competing as much with the with with the strikers. So it, that probably doesn't happen. He, he probably doesn't lose that aerial duel. But, but yeah, in, ter- in terms of Foyce's development, it's only going to make him stronger. I mean, yeah, we lost the game, but he'd have learned a lot from that. And hopefully, moving forward, if if we pick him in a game like that again, he, he's learned from it and, and he's better. It's the only way he's going to learn. But are we in the? Maybe that's probably not the game and not the right time where we want to be learning from our players. We just want to get the job done. Mm. That's true. I mean, states also Spurs' old vulnerability of dealing with set pieces is exposed once again. Is that a concern for you in this business end of the season? How we just don't seem to be able to cope with the delivery of set pieces from the opposition. I thought, uh, yeah, I thought we'd, we'd learn. I thought um, it's probably been one of our. This season's been a strange one for us um, defending set pieces. We've, we've conceded quite a few, uh, especially from corners. And I'm, I don't want to criticise Fulf. He's got a really bright future. Um, Lawrence, Mr. Pochettino uh, himself, you know, he's, he's talking about he should be a, like a, a defensive midfielder, which I think would suit him as well. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, he's, um, he's, he's playing at the back. And... Uh, yeah, if you're going to target us, if you're going to play the ball long like they did the majority of the time, we're we're going to be susceptible, and and it proved that way. He he walked off at the end of the game. He looked like he'd been in a war, you know. <laughs> he looked young Foy was probably thinking, "What the hell? What the hell was that?" And yeah, Sanchez for me just would have been a better suit. And against Chelsea, they're going to play football, weren't they? They're not going to be lumping it up. Mm, it's he'd true. Probably, he'd probably be. It'd be more suited to that game. But then, uh, this is where we are. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've paid the price, really. So. Yeah. I mean, it's a 50-50 decision that could have gone either way. Listen, we know it should have been a goal kick. But, Jace, I think you made the point also off-air before we came on that, regardless, 4-4 out of it should have got ahead on McNeil's corner before Wood. The f- defence, Jace, you've mentioned it before, out of in the air. We know, listen, he can play some wonderful long-range passing. Is that a concern for you, airily, for Spurs at the moment, defensively? Has that always been a concern, back of your mind? Well, it's a concern. It's, it's definitely a concern with him. I mean, I, I mean, I make a joke of paying whatever he's worth or whatever, but and I like, you know, he's a top-class defender, but yeah. I find it baffling that for a top-class centre-half, you know, I mean, if you think about it, the games we've lost this year, Watford away, we conceded from a corner. Watford at home, we conceded from a corner. <laughs> yeah. Wolves, the 3-1, was a... Was he? He was man for man marking that day. He was supposed to be the one on Bolly, and Bolly ends up with a free header with about twenty yards from where Toby was. I think Liverpool we we conceded a goal from a corner, didn't we at Wembley? 
I think the first goal where Vaughan flapped at it, or yeah, that was what... a goal from a corner. We conceded from a corner at Burnley. You know, there's, there's too many of the defeats have come with corners. And, you know, I looked at Toby, and obviously maybe they'd seen the volley goals and things, and so they've stopped him going man for man, and they've put him in the zone. We usually put three men on the edge of the six-yard box. But, you know, when you, when you looked at where the ball went, Toby hardly got off the floor. And it's Foyth's fault. Don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming Toby for the goal. And Foyth is the one that's lost Chris Wood. But you think, you know, why should he be switched from man for man marking into the zone? Well, if he's having to be switched because he's not doing his job man for man, that's why he's being switched. But if you're going to be in the zone, you've got to try and get off the floor. But he didn't. And that it's definitely the, the weakness, the flaw in Toby's game. And I just think for a really top-class centre-half, which he is, I find it astonishing that he, you know, if it's a normal cross, a normal cross, he usually heads it clear. But from a corner, I don't know what it is. He seems to, it just doesn't look, doesn't look a commanding centre-half in the Van Dyke way when we come to corners. It's, it's strange. Jim, let's come round to you and discuss the second of Burnley's goals, the winning goal inadvertently, because, again, really poor defending from Spurs. We saw Oria hoof a ball over his head into the centre of Tottenham's half, which I know you've already kind of briefly touched upon. The host yeah. advance. Goodmanson's low shot was turned in by Barnes at the back post. And it kind of goes back to the point you say that, Jim, we've got a real concern at this right-back area because really neither Kieran Trippier nor Sergio Aurea have shown to be reliable enough defensively for Spurs this season. And I know you brought in the point earlier about Carl Walker-Peters that you'd like to see him given more of a chance. But we have seen this season that he's made a couple of errors himself against Barcelona and Crystal Palace. Therefore, does it concern you long-term, that right-back spot? Well, no, because, I mean, I think he's only made as many errors as the players that get regular starts have made. You know, I think that... It, I mean, concerns me slightly. I mean, I think that there's got to be a there's got to be a change in in form at some point for for the likes of Trippier. And I know he's a better player than the player he's been this year defensively. He's made some terrible passes. He's the group stage in the Champions League. I mean, he was a calamity, frankly. But I think he's just offers more going forward than Aurier. Um I think he can, I think he can square a ball better. I think he's got. I think he can. I don't know. I just think he's a better player personally. But look, I also think he's got maybe a better brain. He's not as as much of a liability. I think you know the second goal was 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 Urio's making. I think just from that that um, that nowhere ball. I know that um, uh, is it was it Jace? Sorry, made the point about that we were a, a, we should be attacking to win the game. But at that point in time in the match, we weren't attacking. You know, we had a job to do, and that was to clear the ball and and take the ball out of play. You know, they were on a they were in a purple patch. We needed to get ourselves uh, regrouped, slow the game down. And um, and just work from the back again. I mean, look, not not it wasn't just the pass into play, um, but it was also the fact that Aurier didn't track back. I think if he'd have made that pass and 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 worked himself into the space where eventually the cross was made, then he would have been in a better position to make a challenge. Um, but then you know, look, Sissoko didn't track back. Ericsson didn't do his job really either. It was a bit, it wasn't it was a nothing tackle, and uh, and that was that. You know, there wasn't enough players at the races on Saturday, frankly. Mm. So if one player makes a mistake, you need the others to mop up and we weren't on the ball as a collective. I agree with you, because I think against Burnley, Turf Moor, you've got to be as a team, as a whole, collectively, yeah. 7, 8 out of 10 to get a result there, especially when the pressure is on us. You know, lunchtime game, we have to go there, take the game to them and look to win it. Now, Ash, I want to come and ask you, because we've got another question on this right-back debate. This is from Chris at C8MA underscore, who says, how essential is it that we sort out this right-back position? It seems every team is targeting our obvious weak spot. Trippier isn't good enough, Aurea is a liability, and Carl Walker-Peters isn't good enough yet to be a top starter for a side that are competing in the top three of the Premier League. Is that how you see it, Ash, or do you have a different opinion to that? Yeah, I I think that both our fullbacks have been an, an issue for a, for a year or so now. And I know Danny Rose has come back recently and he started to show a bit of the form that he had a couple of seasons ago. But realistically, his backup isn't isn't top class, and ne- neither of the right backs are top class. I think if we want to go on and and win things and compete at the highest level, we need better fullbacks. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. That that. They, they lack pace, which is vital, especially if, 
if we're playing the the wing back system, we need the players to go up and down, up and down. And yeah, Trip, Trippier can put in a good cross, but defensively, he's, he's just not there. Uh, the, the the only thing I can see is I think we can we can improve in the summer, and I think there's a couple of English fullbacks which um, Poch would make into world class fullbacks. Albeit, I I like the look of Chilwell at Leicester and Wambasaka at Palace. I think that they cost us a bomb, and I'm not sure that that we'd spend that much money. But if if we bought bought them and had had Poch train them for a couple of seasons, then I. I think they could go. We could be back to the days where we had Walker and Rose bombing forward, having two of the best fullbacks in the league. I really do. But will we spend that much money on fullbacks when we already have four fullbacks and what two England international fullbacks? Probably not. Well, tell you what, Ash, let's ask the man who absolutely loves the transfer window, Jason McGovern. Will we spend the money to look to invest at fullback? I would hope. I would hope so. Um, but you get into the stage now where any any decent player that you want is going to cost you forty million set price, isn't it? And be it Chilwell, be it Wamasaka, be it doesn't doesn't really matter who you want. They're going to be forty million. So are we are we really going to have two hundred million to spend this summer unless we sell one or two? I, I don't know. I mean, you know what? I'd, I'd love us to go and buy Wamasaka. From the moment I saw him, I liked him, but. It's definitely an area where you feel we need some improvement. I mean, even Danny Rose Saturday, his, his energy in that is is excellent, and he's, he's slowly getting back to the Danny Rose. I thought he had a great game. I thought he had a good game, Jace, Danny Rose. I got. I thought he had a really good game. <laughs> yeah, it was just the the final ball in, wasn't it? It wasn't mm. the old, you know, it wasn't the 2016 Danny Rose still with at that part. But I mean, don't get me wrong, he, he, you know, he was committing his defender. He was trying to go past people, and and I loved that attitude from him. So. No, I'm not, not having a go at Danny Rose for the game, but delivery from those areas is important. And that, that's the frustration with Tripp. You know, he, had, he does, he's the one with the delivery, and yet he, he just won't take anyone on, and he lacks the pace to really get into those areas. It's, it's frustrating. So it's definitely an area where you feel that, that we definitely need to do something. I, like one of the other lads said, I've always wanted to see Walker Peters, and is he good enough? Fizzy to experience. We'll only know if he plays. You know that, that's the thing. He's got to play. He made a, a mistake at, at Palace, but his Premier League showing so far have been good. And it's, it's you've got to, you've got to see the kid, haven't you? So I mean, if it does get to the stage where we we tie up top four and we're not in the running for the tie, always three or four games to go, then I'd like to at least see him play those last three or four games and say, right, let, let's get him in the side and give him a run. And hopefully as a right back, not as a left back, because I do think in fairness to him, he's, he's more, he can play left back for sure, but he's more of a naturally as a right sided defender. And, and let's have a look at him. But I suppose, you know, with, with Chelsea and Arsenal coming up, there are two games that you're unlikely to, to see him in, in which case, you know, Aurier has his, has his mad moments and Trippier's not good enough. And, you're trying to kind of pick which which one do you which one do you least expect to make a mistake, <laughs> rather than which one do you really want to be playing, isn't it? In these two games, it's tricky. It's tricky. Stacey, I want to bring you in. Give us your thoughts because again, another question here. We have got loads of them. Darren Devitt says, question for him is: Trippier and Sanchez would they have made as many expensive errors as Aurea and Foyf have done over the previous couple of weeks? Uh, I don't, this debate about our fullbacks is going to rumble on, really. Yeah, I mean, that's a I whole mean, show the, in the, itself. The, that's the, the problem. <laughs> I know, yeah. The, fu- the fundamental thing is you've got to defend, and that's the, the most important thing. And they both, um, well, all of them, really, even Rose has his moments with defending. Um, uh, Trippier doesn't defend very well. Uh, Ericsson, well, I don't know what he was doing, trying to, that tackle was just, that oh, go through my head. Time and time again, really, he should have got in there and really dug himself in. Even if it give away a foul there on 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 the, on the Burnley player, I can't pronounce his name, but yeah, it's just it's fundamental errors. And then, you know, we with the time when Danny Rose did actually crossing a good ball right in the last minute, ninetieth third minute, it wasn't Harry Kane or, or um, yeah, Lamella. Yeah. La, it was bloody Lamella on the end of it. I was like, yeah. oh, of all the people, it should have been Harry or. That's that's what you want Delhi in there. That's where you want Delhi. Yeah. Right. That's where you want Delhi. 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 He'll Delhi. throw himself at that. Because there wasn't enough pace on the ball. 
and and it just you know it just sat almost sat on his head. He would throw himself at that. But now that Harry's back, I think we're really going to start to miss Delhi more. I know that sounds bizarre, but they they play together. Um, you know, I, I think that Telepathic. having Harry back, yeah, absolutely. They they absolutely. they go you know hand in hand, and I think we're going to miss Delhi more that he's back now. On the goal, I think it's it's a prime goal. Whilst we're not caught on the break, the, the whole goal comes from from trying to win a game because Aurea keeps it in. Like I said. You've taken Winks off. There's no Eric Dyer there, who'd naturally be in the positions where Ericsson or Sissoko was. Sissoko actually had a game that was reminiscent of the Musa Sissoko of, of the previous two years, wasn't he? It was nowhere near the, the levels right. we've seen. He's slow tracking back where perhaps Winks would have reacted quicker. Eric Dyer would be where Ericsson naturally is and would go in with a proper challenge. But because we're trying to win a game... You know, Winks has gone off and we're bringing more attacking players on. So, you you know, the, the, the kind of defensive awareness isn't so much in a Christian Eriksen or a Sissoko. And that's not making any excuses, but it, it's just the, the kind of thing I think, you know, if, if we'd have been 1-0 up and we don't make those substitutions, then I don't think that's the type of goal we would have conceded. But it's one of those things. So about the one we scored to equalise. Ash, who else but Harry Kane? You know, Rose took a quick throw in, Kane runs all the way through and flies in off the far post. The crowd were booing like mad at the time, the home supporters that they were, because they felt Rose nicked a couple of yards for the throw. I mean, they stole a corner for their goal. Is that, again, swings and roundabouts for you, Ash? Yeah, uh, every every player gains yards on throws. It just happened to be one that led to a goal, so that's why it was highlighted. I'm, I'm sure if we rewound the game, there'd be loads of times where the ball went off and Burnley have edged up a couple of yards. Yeah, I get their point that the ball went off in one half and we played it from the other, so that makes it a bit more obvious, but that that happens in every game up and down the country around the world. Like, Whereas actually making the wrong decision in terms of a, giving a goal kick or a corner is actually, is actually more fundamental to the game. Like That's not swings and roundabouts. That doesn't even itself out, whereas just gaining a couple of yards on a throw-in does. But yeah, it, it wouldn't be anyone else other than Harry to slot that in. As soon as, soon as he got through on goal, you just knew where the ball was going to end up. Just really happy that he's back and he's back in time for these three big games because if ever there's a player who loves to score against Arsenal, then it's him. And they're, they're going to be tough games um, and I can't say I'm looking forward to them because I'm not. But when Come you've on, got... Ash, do you mean that? Huge well, game's coming. Well, I'm not going on Wednesday, but I'm obviously going on Saturday. Right. Um, look, I mean, say I'm looking forward to it. It'd be. I know you. Be, mean, listen, the Arsenal I'm game not, is a is a hard one. You know, stomach wise, I don't mean stomach churning, but part of you still have to. You know, you've got you two going there. You know, excitement as well. I mean, I'm excited for the for the day, but <laughs> in terms of in terms of the game, there'll be no point where I'll be enjoying that game. I totally that, get that. I get that. Uh, I'm. Until we scored four or five goals, and there's only one minute left. I will not be able to enjoy that game. I love but, it. But yeah, now he's back. Hope, hopefully, this was just a blip, and we because normally when Spurs lose, you've seen it every every game this year. Really, we lose, and then we go on a four or five game winning run. So, what better time to lose? Eh? <laughs> I hope you're right, Ash. I hope it's come as good signing. Jim, Kane did well. I mean, he took his goal ever so well. And he showed decent energy levels considering the time he was out. The touch was good. One of the few, if not really the only bright spot of the game was that finish. I mean, it is great to have Kane back in the team. I know there was a lot of talk beforehand about whether he should have started the game. I mean, even LWS Tottenham Hotspur says, even though he scored, was playing Kane from the start a decision, a bad one? Did it unsettle the balance of the team? I wasn't. I wasn't upset that he started. I was surprised that he started. I was happy that he's back. If he's if if Poch feels like he's ready to start, then I was happy with that. You know, um, of course. You know, he almost pulled a blinder. There was a brilliant, <laughs> that amazing shot he had, and that superb save. And what a different story that would have been. Could have been. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, yeah. I, I'm. 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 As. As. Uh, uh, sorry, the chap. I think Ash said that. I'm just he's back for these last two fixtures and and you know and hopefully now we're, we'll get on the bounce we'll 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 get a couple of good results in. Um, that's why I think Botch was so upset at the end of the game. You know this was a really important game just to get points on the board because 
form goes out the window with these derbies. We know that. Loads of questions more in on Kane. Just having him back in the team stays. This is from Z-Man 11215. That's Spurs Dog 1. He says, what did you make of the position of Sonny with Kane back? It's been working with Lorente and the Son combination. It made arguably the hottest player in the squad so ineffective that Pochettino ended up taking him off. Puzzling. Yeah, big big old big debate for me. There was a, there was a couple of times when Kane went running past Son to track back and get back at the uh, the Burnley defenders. Uh, there was a, another time about the 80th minute where they broke on the right hand side really quick and Rose was isolated and Kane just sprinted past Sonny and it's had Sonny just had a I don't know he was like a little luxury player up there uh, um, on. on on Saturday, unfortunately, he didn't. He didn't have his, the bit, bit bit between his teeth, and he wasn't he wasn't getting involved. I don't know if he was put off by by Kane. I'm not too sure. I don't think it affected the the setup of the setup of the of the front two. Um, he just needed to run on when Kane had the ball. He needed to make make himself um, available and lose his man where he was tightly marked. He was he was um, tightly marked. I must admit, there were three players on him every time he got the ball. Uh, they, they 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 targeted him, him and Kane. So yeah, they worked extremely hard, Burnley. Uh, they, they, the miles they run, the kilometres they run in that game was was frightening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, he got he got them pumped up. They nullified uh, Ericsson um, and Son. Not so much Kane. Kane. Kane was able to make space. He dropped a little bit deeper, made some space, and you know Sonny should have been running on, screaming for the ball. And no, he, I just think Sonny had a, an off day, a really off, a really bad. Uh, bad game personally. Mm. Let's let's be fair as well. Sammy and Kane have played together how many times? You know when they ripped Chelsea to part, to pieces at Wembley in a three-one, they were both on the pitch. So you know, Sonny yeah. Sonny's uh, been in fantastic yeah. form, but he should be well used to being able to play with with Kane. You know, wherever he, he can be, well used to playing with Delhi. He's well used to playing with any of those players. So I don't yeah. think you can you can honestly put. Sonny's bad performance down just to the fact that Kane was on the pitch. I think that that's that's you. you know that's looking at something that's not there for me. Jace, we've got loads of quick fire questions coming. Can I just start one off because we're going to try and fit as many as we can before we look yep. ahead to Chelsea. This is from Tottenham till I die at Matty underscore Jenner one who says, please, can we criticise Ericsson? Yes, he's by far the best playmaker in our team, but these sorts of performances are unacceptable. Right now, he's not good enough at unlocking a defence when they play every man behind the ball. While there's other players in the league, who can? Jace, thoughts? That's not a question, is it? That's a statement. Statement? What do you make of that? We'll react to that statement for me. You know, Ericsson was on the day nowhere near good enough. Didn't have the influence that he should have had on the game, and we needed more from him. And, and another one that was was badly under under underperformed. That's for sure. Sean Trigus, over to you. Ash says, "Thought when Winks went off, we lost rhythm in our play. Started going long. Don't estimate the job he does in keeping the ball moving." Was you surprised, Ash, to see Winks go off? Um, I wouldn't say I was surprised. He. We, I mean, by doing that, we drop Ericsson back and hopefully that he can distribute the ball better. I mean, we, we had attacking players on the bench and you know, maybe Winks was feeding it. Maybe he wasn't having his best game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for changing up and trying to be positive. So I wouldn't say I was surprised. But, um, but yeah, he, he, he is crucial to our team and he does he is the engine room keeping the, the ball ticking over. So... Yeah, I, I don't really know, <laughs> know what to say to that. Jace, do you agree on Winks? Because that's been one of the points I've seen from the game that has caused a lot of, I wouldn't say controversy, but it's been a bit of a talking point, the fact of taking Winks off. Because Anassi, the cure even says here, when we took Winks off, we seemed to lose control of that midfield. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, yeah, we did. But, you know, you're trying to bring attacking players on. You know, it's the game you're trying to win. He's got Lamella on the bench. He's got Lorente on the bench. He's got Lucas Moore on the bench. He took one centre-half off eventually. But, you know, if you're trying to win a game, is he really going to take Kane off for Lorente? Was he really going to take Sonny off after an hour? So, I think it's, you know, they're just forcing a win, wasn't it? I think Pochettino saw it in his mind. He thought, we need to win this game. He tried to make positive substitutions. Yes, when you make positive substitutions, of course you, you run the risk. And as I said, I think Burnley's... Second goal comes because we've made those substitutions and we have lost a little bit of control. But it's very easy with hindsight to say we should have 
should have left Winks on there and we should have done this and we should have done that. He's, he's trying to win a game and we talk about bringing attacking players on. We talk also, how many times do we, we give Pochettino flack for making his substitution too late? So he made, he made a couple nice and early, brought attacking players on. It went against us. But I'm loath to have a, too much of a criticism of that, you know, just for the sake of it. Yeah. Listen, I'm sick of talking, Burnley. Let's turn our attention to Chelsea, who are currently the laughing stock, you'd say, to some degree, in the predict of what is going on over there after that weekend in the Carabao Cup final. Mad, mad scenes there. Stace, before I come along to you to get the preview of this one, just to kind of go back on the point of Potatino and this FA potential ban. Now, as we understand it, on the Monday evening which we're recording here, it was announced earlier in the day that Potatino has been charged by the FA following his confrontation with Mike Dean on Saturday at Turf Moor. The FA did release a statement saying that Pochettino has been charged with two breaches of FA Rule E3 following the game against Burnley on the Saturday. It's alleged that the Spurs manager's language and or behaviour at the end of the fixture, both on the pitch and in or around the tunnel, amounted to improper conduct. He has until 6pm on the 28th of February 2019 to respond to the charge. But he did say after the game in his post-match press conference that he would accept any kind of punishment. So it will be interesting to see what that punishment will be. And if he's going to say right. be on the sidelines for Arsenal. I mean, the Chelsea game will have to... No. It's difficult for him the Chelsea game stays here because we know that Mike Dean is not going to be a fourth official as originally planned. I don't think he's going to ref our games for a while now because of it but um, I think he's just going to get a fine I don't think he'll get a touchline ban um, it's his first offence as well he's, he's been a he's been a good boy hasn't he really um, he's, he gets some all the, all the, all the oh, refs and boy. he has been a good boy uh, it's his, his first misdemeanour if you look at it in, in you know in what the FA are going to charge him with he'll just get a fine I'm sure he will and he'll be brushed under the carpet Might they'll make no more deal of it with, with Mike Dean we will never find out what he said to, did Klopp make... get a, sorry to interrupt did Klopp get a touchline ban for his uh, altercation with the ref recently I thought it was just a fine yeah he just got a fine yeah yeah I think he'll just get a fine then won't he really I mean it's worth adding yeah, he was, yeah, he was I, running I, on the pitch at one so. point during a game as well <laughs> yeah exactly yeah he's a passionate guy as old Klopp isn't he he's um yeah. Yeah, he, he gets involved far too much. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't say. He's going to get a fine. I'm sure he'll get a fine. And then, you know, it'll be, if they if they ban him, then, they are, they, yeah, we are doomed. The FA have got something in for us, that's for sure. <laughs> Chelsea, though, stays. Turn your attention to that one. They're looking to shake off the disappointment of the cup final defeat to Man City, where they welcome us to Stamford Bridge. What are you expecting on Wednesday night? A huge game for us. A real opportunity to really yeah. consolidate Champions League football. They're never an easy game. They they, they raise their game. They they are uh, you know them alongside Arsenal, West Ham. They they tend to get up for the game. They don't like losing to us. Um, none none of them do. So it'll just be a it'll be a tough game. They'll be bang up for it. They're going to be tired. I just hope we play like we did in the second half against Dortmund for ninety minutes and and Poch gets them gets them up gets them up for the next um, the next challenge, which is Wednesday night. In front of a packed, uh, you know, Stamford Bridge, mm. it's going to—it's not an—it's not an easy place, you know. Well, I know we won three-one last year, uh, broke the voodoo there, but it's that same again. I'll take that result again. I really would. Oh, we all would. We all would. I mean, Ash, we saw Raheem Sterling's winning penalty deny Maurizio Sarri a trophy in his first final as the manager of the club. I mean, the astonishing row with the goalkeeper, Kepa, that's going to really still or did still the headlines of the weekend. I mean, there's a possibility that the manager, some may say, may even be sacked before we actually play them or after, depending on how that result goes. What do you make of what's going on at Chelsea at the moment? Is this a good time to play them, do you think, Ash? Um, never a good time to play Chelsea. Um, but in, I, I don't think their manager be sacked before the game. It'd be... It's, is too knee jerk and too much of a risk, but I think if if we do beat them, I do I do think that that could be the end for him because if we beat them, I don't see them getting top four, and therefore the manager will go. Better managers have won things and gone for less than that, and that that thing on Sunday just showed he's lost the dressing room and got no control. Like, could you imagine that happening at at Tottenham? Could you imagine 
Potts trying to sub someone off and someone refusing. It just wouldn't happen. No. It wouldn't no. happen. It wouldn't happen with Klopp at Liverpool. It wouldn't happen with Pep. Um, I can't even imagine it happening at United with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So, I, so for a manager to be disrespected like that, um, it just shows that the players don't respect, respect him. Otherwise, one of them would have told the keeper to get off. Yeah. So I, I can't see him staying for very long. But in in terms of it being a good good time to play them, you could say that. I think it's going to benefit us the fact that their game went to extra time and penalties. It's it's not just the physical draining as well. They they played a cup final and they they've played well and probably been the better team against Man City and they still lost. So, <laughs> like in terms of that, it's it's probably a good time to play them. But we had ten ten days rest against for Burnley and then we didn't show up. So. It's about turning up on the day, and if we turn up and play our best football, then we'll win the game because we're a better team. But if we're, if we're below par and we play anything like we did against Burnley, then we get turned over. I see. I mean, you bring the point there, Ash, about you know, the miscommunication some may have said about you know, the, the goalkeeper. But, Jim, that incident, I mean, all eyes will probably be on whether the club's record signing Kepper does keep his place midweek for this one. You know, Sorry was quickly after the game saying how it was a miscommunication. The player, you know, he was struggling with cramp, but he wanted to stay on. I mean, what do you make of what's going on at Chelsea at the moment? I asked the same question to Ash a second ago. Do you feel it's a good time to play them? And, you know, the incidents that happened in that game, you just could not see that, like Ash says, happening to, like a Pochettino or a Klopp or a Guardiola. I mean, it's such a lack of respect for the manager, isn't it? I've never before seen that, ever. And, you know, look, if Kepa starts against us, then football's gone weird, frankly. <laughs> because how he can say that it was a miscommunication when we all saw what happened with our own eyes, he was basically just having a, having a tantrum on the pitch and refusing to leave. Uh, he could see quite clearly that the Chelsea bench wanted him to come off for tactical reasons. Uh, you know this uh, their 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 uh, second keeper. You know he used to play for City. He he, le- he lives for penalties. So it was obviously a tactic to win the game, and they probably would have won the game. I don't know. Who knows? But look, it's weird, isn't it? I've never seen it before. And uh, yeah, I think he's he's done himself no favors because he didn't just undermine his own manager. He undermined every manager. Everyone was watching that, and if they weren't watching that game, then they'd be watching that incident. He's done his stock no favor at all. No, I agree with you on that. And Jace, have you ever seen an incident like that in all your time watching the game? I mean, it's bizarre, isn't it? It certainly was bizarre. But, um, yeah, I'm just astonished at the cup final. I mean, Chelsea, everyone's saying, oh, it was a much improved display from Chelsea. And I thought they played what, they played 130 minutes, if you include all the added time on. Never had a shot on target in the entire game. So if that's a much improved performance, we know, you know, if you set your sails out and say, let's hope in a cup final we don't get beat 6-0, then, then then fantastic. But I think if that goes, if that was Tottenham going into a cup final, we lose it on penalties without having had a shot on target in 130 minutes of playing time, we'd be absolutely ripped and sort of people would be saying, well, you never showed up for the cup final, never laid a glove on them. So, you know, they, they may well have been much harder to beat, but uh, it was a... Pretty strange approach in a cup final for me. Just you know, just they just did nothing, Chelsea, and just tried to hang in there for the last twenty minutes, and never never looked like scoring as, as far as I was concerned. So I think it is a good time to play them. You know, as as Ash says, it's physically and emotionally cup finals are hard. They played one hundred and twenty minutes. They were chasing Man City, and let's be fair, it could have been us chasing Man City for for certainly for ninety minutes or whatever, and, and then being on the on a downer going into the game. So I think it does help us. And and in a similar way to, to last year's fixture, I think whilst last year was April, I think we went there with a four-point lead and it was seen really much for Chelsea last year as you have to beat Tottenham, otherwise Spurs will go seven points clear of you. And it, same type of thing. And, and they even took the lead in that game last year, didn't they? And we still came back to win it without Kane. So, yeah, I think it is a good time to play them and uh, I expect us to go there and get a result, mate. I fully okay. expect us. I've never been so confident going to Chelsea as I am this year, which is, which is perhaps I'll be quiet on that. <laughs> on the on the prediction, Jace. You yeah, mean being quiet yeah, on that? Perhaps I'll predict a Chelsea. I'll, I'll predict a Chelsea win in my uh, 
normal, quiet way. <laughs> Stace, the gap between the two sides at the moment is 10 points. Chelsea do have a game in hand at this present moment in time, but you would think if Spurs could stretch that gap to 13, even with Chelsea's game in hand, we should now be comfortably thinking we could finish above them. We've got um, Chelsea, Arsenal, City, Liverpool. We've got some tough games coming up. Um, we've also got... We've got some winnable games uh, as well in, in the mix there. Everton, Huddersfield, West Ham at home. Um, you know, we got we got some <laughs> we got some we got some points on the ball. But yeah, I, I, I expect us to win. I do. I do think we're going to win. I think um, if if we play it right and it gets the tactics right, and, and given that they can't, you know, they're they're useless in front of goal at the moment. Yeah, I think I think we should be able to we should be able to pinch a pinch a result. I'll, I'll, um, I'll take a 2-1. A 2-1. There you go. He started on the, on the predictions already. So, Stacey's saying 2-1. Let's start getting everyone across the panel. Ash, what are you going to go for? From the from the previous games I've watched over the weekend, I'm going to go for 0-0. Because every game I've watched recently has been 0-0. And I, I'd kind of take that, to be honest. I really don't want to lose to them. And I'm not that confident after the game <laughs> at the weekend. Um so, yeah, I'm going to go for nil-nil. Nil-nil, <laughs> OK. There you go. A board draw from Ash. Jim, what are you going to go for? <laughs> I'm going to go 2 nil Spurs. 2 nil Spurs. Um, yeah, I don't think they'll score. I think we'll score two. OK. <laughs> Is that Harry on the score sheet there? Yeah. Harry twice, I reckon. Harry twice. There you go. Harry back amongst the goals there. Picking up really from where he was in January before the injury. He's been in, uh, say, great form before that. Already back scoring against Burnley, so hopefully a couple more for him. I do fancy us to go there and get a win. I don't know by what score, but I definitely fancy us to go there and get a win, for sure. OK. We're not going to get a draw. We're not going to get a prediction from you, Jace? No, just just it'll be a ton. As long as we win, mate, I don't care. But uh, don't know, score-wise. I'm just predicting scores, but I definitely fancy us to go and win. OK. I'm going to put a score in. I'm going to say 2-1 Spurs. I do feel this is a good time to play Chelsea. And wouldn't it be ironic that we inflict the defeat that finishes off this manager as well? Would be, honestly, quite hilarious. On the back of Chelsea, we heard a lot of talk this season about Sarri coming in, about them being a big threat. And at the moment, I say, we're standing 10 points ahead of them. Chance to make it 13. Huge, huge game to come. Stanford Bridge on Wednesday night. And remember, we're back on Love Sport on Thursday to review Chelsea and preview Arsenal. What a huge week. Can I just say, you had... Great panel tonight. Ash, thank you for coming back on. It's always a pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me. I look forward to being on soon. Oh, fantastic. A week of many voices. Two of them have been debuts. So Stace, thank you for making your debut at long last. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you very much, uh, Ricky. And uh, yeah, look forward to doing it again. Lovely. Cheers. Definitely. Cheers, gents. No problem at all. Jim, thank you so much for making your debut tonight. And hopefully we'll have you back on soon. Thanks very much, Ricky. We'd love to come back. Cheers, mate. You're a pleasure, top man. Great having you. And Jace, thank you very much as always. And just to let listeners know, you're not on Love Sport for a couple of weeks. No, couple of, evening class is still for a couple of weeks. So, um, and, and that's not to do with DVDs either. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just in case. No, couple of, couple of evening classes for the next few Thursdays, mate. Never too late to learn, Jace. <laughs> that's for sure Fantastic. that's for sure brilliant guys enjoy the show we are back on Thursday Love Sport hopefully looking back on a win against Chelsea and then previewing the big North London derby against Arsenal enjoy the show and as always come on you Spurs Sports Social Podcast Network hello it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favourite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing Chumba Casino coincidence I think not everybody's loving having fun with it Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet so sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life no purchase necessary BGW void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus.